right. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, everybody. My name is Jürgen Steinmetz, and we're joining you from Livestream.Travel and Eturbo News in Honolulu. And today's event is for the World Tourism Network. World Tourism Network started with the Rebuilding.Travel discussion a little bit more than a year ago in Berlin, Germany, during the ITB trade show. ITB trade show never happened. Our launch happened. And ever since uh, we are building this group of tourism professionals like yourself from all over the world, discussing wanna, rebuilding tourism and the uh, state of the tourism industry. Uh, currently, uh, WTN has close to 2000 members in 127 countries. And we're hoping uh, we're gonna get another country on board, St. Vincent, because we're gonna go to St. Vincent today and I explain a little bit more um, in a minute. Just uh, for, for those that are joining us for the first time, and you can see us live on Etobo News on all our various news channels. You can see us live on the World Tourism Network and Livestream website. And um, if you miss this session, it's gonna repeat probably for the next 24 hours. And then it's going to be on Livestream.Travel where you can see all our sessions. We had more than 200 so far. And uh, you can go back and uh, watch what might be of interest for you. If you haven't joined World Tourism Network yet, we've, we have uh, both free observer status and we have uh, paid full memberships. Uh, you can go to wtn.travel and click on join and you can be part of our group. We're ready to go to the third phase of our discussion. First was rebuilding.travel. Second was the structure of the organization, the World Tourism Network. And now third, as an arm of the World Tourism Network, we started many different interest groups of different subjects around the world where we uh, get people together to discuss what is closest to their knowledge and to what they like to um, be part of in rebuilding travel. And then we're gonna go into reopening tourism after this, and we already have a website for this. And uh, hopefully we can help the world to reopening. We're very excited also this week um, I'm going to Cancun, Mexico, and uh, we're going to uh, work with the World Travel and Tourism Council on their first summit after Corona outbreak. There's going to be a high-level summit of uh, tourism CEOs from major companies in meeting in Cancun, and um, we're going to report live stream uh, from this event, so stay tuned, and there's hopefully it's going to set some trends in where this industry is going. But without uh, further ado, I, I wanted to um, um, I, I wanted to uh, go to what we're discussing today because today we're going to St. Vincent. And as you probably know from the news, St. Vincent is a relatively small island, um, about 15, 20 miles, I believe, from one end to the other in the Caribbean, one of the most beautiful places on earth. And it has an active volcano, what became very active and, um, and created quite a bit of global news and um, it forced people to evacuate uh, the country. And um, it's, um, it's quite an amazing story. And I think uh, living like me living in Hawaii where we also have active volcanoes, we, uh, you know, I, I can relate to what this could mean, but not to the extent I think St. Vincent has been uh, going through and is going through. So I'm very glad that we have um, Tessie Davy 
Um, she took the initiative and reached out to us and she will tell you a little bit more who she is, but she runs a tour operator or travel agency in St. Vincent. And she is in one of the safe regions of the country or the island where she didn't have to evacuate. She would also introduce a guest uh, head of the um, St. Vincent Tourism um, and Hotel Board. I believe she will explain this. But uh, Tessa, the floor is yours. Thank you so much for joining us today. You have to unmute yourself, please. Just click on unmute. Gotcha. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Jurgen, for that introduction. As he said, my name is Tessa Davy. I am Managing Director of Breeze Travel, which is a travel organization here in St. Vincent. We are north of Grenada, southeast of Barbados, to give you some perspective of where the island is located. It's quite small, as all the islands around here are, and um, a population of about 110,000 people. Uh, the volcano La Soufrière is a belongs to a chain, a range of volcanoes across the islands, up to Martinique and Samsi Dominica. On the, we have had investigations starting in December 2020, when people started feeling um, minor tremors. Uh, some of the the seismologists' offices saw something was starting to occur. So we've had them come into the island and have been observing since then. What we were told up to that point is that we don't know. It's behaving differently. The last eruption here was in 1979. Um, and although there was quite a bit of uh, destruction, the one prior to that in 1902 was worse. And they equating this one to that one in 1902. Um, and there were several deaths. Fortunately, we have not had any up to date right now. They are constantly warning persons not to go near the volcano because of the ash and the sulfur and the, the burning waters that have been coming down. So um, on the week of April 9th, more and more tremors were being felt. And uh, although there was no order to evacuate, um, things were being put in place to have something be ready for when the volcano actually erupted. Everyone was scared because the last eruption in 1979 did occur on Easter Friday. So everybody said, oh, we're gonna blow again on Easter Friday. It didn't happen, but on the 9th, it did blow. Um, we had about 24 hours warning for the evacuations to take place and most persons, I think just about 20,000 people were evacuated into various shelters and homes and some onto the Royal Caribbean liner who, was, who had you know, offered to house them and transfer them depending on what the situation was. So two boats are occupied by our evacuees. Um, and that was the first large explosion on that day. Since then, we've had about 30, one of the largest being last Sunday when it just, just blew to high hell and over. We've had um, smoke plumes up to three kilometers in the air. 
and I, I have a picture. I'm not sure if they'll be very clear for you, but let me see. Can you see that? Yes. So that was what we were looking at from my house and the people around were seeing, well, even more extended versions of it. It was quite pretty to look at, but you know, it brought disaster in its face. There is another picture of it. And uh, so for the, for the longest while, we've been seeing plumes. In the last week, we have not seen as much. We were told by the seismologists that um, they believe that some of that ash is going to minimize now. It doesn't mean that the volcano is not erupting. The hours between the episodes have lengthened. And that's the scary part because we don't know when the next eruption will take place. He says there's still quite a lot of um, magma at the base and new magma being created. So they don't have quite a handle on how long and how much more devastation can take place. All we know is that we need to wait and keep on um, being careful. So this is some of what, can you see that one? We see the first picture still. I don't know if you're showing another picture. Okay, well, let me close the first picture and see. If can you see this one? Uh, no, I think this shared screen, you have to turn it back on maybe. Oh, <laughs> sorry guys. Okay. No, no, no problem. Um, There's a button on the um, yeah, bottom get, part of your screen. Trying to screen. get rid of one. Okay. Okay. There we go. Okay. This is what a close-up. I think this is an aerial view of some of the aftermath of. Wow. of and here is another. Seeing that one? Uh, no, I think the share screen is off again. Here we go. Okay, we see that. Wow. So all the vegetation on this entire mountain range is gone. What was happening as well is that um, we, I'm no scientist, so I'm just going to tell you what they were saying. Pyroclastics have been running down the entire side of the mountain, sometimes into the ocean, sometimes just into the, the creating pools. One of the river was showing lots of hot, um, it's water because it dissolves some of the ash, but it was really hot and the steam was just rising out of it. And it's one, it's called the Rabaka River. So we've had magma, we've had pyroclastics and hot water, plus the steam and the dust. The dust is primarily sulfur, which is dangerous for the lungs. And um, which is one of the things that they've been warning us about. So we have to be wearing two masks when we go out. Outside my house, the ash was in some areas an inch thick. It reminded me of snow in Canada. Just wow. thick, thick, thick. It was also clogging up drains in your houses. But unfortunately for the persons down in that either end of the mm -hmm. island, when that ash fell on flat roofs, it just destroyed it because it became so heavy. Um, 
what else can I tell you for that? So the, the, what has to happen can't happen for, we think a few weeks, maybe months, we don't know. We have to wait for that period to be over and then start the rebuild. So the uncertainty is a little bit frustrating and we're just waiting to see what happens next. Are, are they safe and not so safe um, areas um, on, in this island? I mean, obviously you're in an area where you didn't have to evacuate. Is this something what is permanently safe or do you have to be on the watch out for it? Well, I don't know that persons can go back to rebuild immediately. I think there's going to have to be a period of time where people will have to wait and see, even if the volcano for us looks over. Does that make sense? Right, 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 right. So if you're where you are, for example, how do you, um, how is the island connected or not connected? Um, I don't really have a sense of the island. So I'm kind of just saying, is there a capital city you can... Okay. Auto or the roads blocked or um, how, how do you get around? How do you get your food? A, a pear-shaped island, not pear, but a long island, and the back of the island is the mountain. Takes up the entire range of the back, so we can't drive around the island. We drive from one side to the next side. Okay. So the two extreme ends are red zones, and anything in between that has become green to yellow zones depending on how close you get to the red zone. That means you could technically drive from one side of the island to the other side of the island safely right now. No, only no. to that portion of the red zone, of the yellow zone. Okay. So, so let's say we've cut off the two ends of the island. So we have to stay within that other third of the island in the middle of the island. So where you are, for example, uh, do you have access to other parts of the island? Could you get your supplies and your food and your groceries? Well, to the city. So I am not far from the city, and that's where okay. most persons have been evacuated to. Okay, okay, okay. So, you know, it's, it's that third of the island. People come towards the middle for supplies and just go back up to that range where they can't go any further. I know right after the event we had, I believe it's your prime minister, who was on, on TV and, and, and pleaded and, um, and thanked other countries in the Caribbean of um, stepping up and um, assisting St. Vincent. Where is this going now? Yes, well, we have had tremendous help from Barbados, St. Lucia, Grenada, Guyana. Um, even Jamaica, we got water because water was one of the the real needs immediately thereafter because the water system had to shut down. Um, it was just full of ash. So um, that was the first thing. So we, we, everybody sent us water for our immediate needs. Water is starting to come back a little bit, perks and starts and um, electricity fortunately only the day of this last Sunday with the eruption, the entire island went black. The entire island was black for six hours. And so since then, we've been okay with electricity. Um, the islands are sending in all kinds of stuff, food stuff, clothing, because people evacuated with 24 hours notice with what was on their back. And they should have had a bag packed as they were warned. And that's about it. 
So um, yes, there's been tremendous response from the islands and from the diaspora, just their staff is taking a little longer to come in because it has to come in by boat. So, you know, the response has been good. We're grateful for that. I see here Susan Webb, um, I believe she's from Canada. She's saying in that she wasn't or is involved in the fundraising effort in Canada. Susan, can you tell us a little bit more about what you're doing? Uh, yes, hi. Um, my company does the public relations for St. Vincent and the Grenadines in Canada and work really closely with uh, Shelley, who is with St. Vincent Tourist Board um, in, in Canada. Um, sorry, I'm just reading a note. Oh, perfect. We, now we can uh, see your picture. Yeah. Okay. Hold on, I'll just get me there. Um, yes, yeah, so there's been a lot of um, great um, help by a lot of people. We've been putting out press releases all over Canada and with the news and radio to get people to help. And a lot of relief has now been flown into St. Lucia. Um, some of our charter airlines have uh, put planes in place to take supplies down. So, and the diaspora, of course, is, is very important in Canada, but uh, the efforts are, are really well and a lot of people in the industry, the travel industry have helped as well with all of the efforts and still continue to. So that was, we're all thinking about you down there. <laughs> well, if someone wanted, wanted to help, how, how can you help? Um, I can send a link of there's uh, different places, I think, um, for actual financial donations. Um, there's some of the um, uh, charities that have, have are, are helping and uh, some of the churches in the area. I'll, while you're talking, I'll see if I can find the link and put it in the chat box. Okay, perfect. And then yeah, I will uh, we send can actually put it as well to you, Jagging. We got another one too. Yeah. Okay, so we will uh, put this on on the website and also okay. in the article. But but Tessa, uh, coming back in, of course, a lot of us here on this forum are involved in the travel and tourism industry. The island really didn't have a lot of tourists um, when this happened, right? No, and Kim is here, so she can answer some of those direct questions. Hi, Kim. Hi, Kim. Hi. So you can Hi. tell you. I'm trying to find her. Yes, Kim. <laughs> tell us a little bit. I know, I know um, from before we started, I know who you are, but maybe you can just introduce yourself and, and say what your responsibility is and, and welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm Kim Halbeck. I'm the president of the St. Vincent and the Grenadines Hotel and Tourism Association. I also run two small businesses, Paradise Beach Hotel and Fantasy Tours. And we're going through some rough times now, but the island did not have a lot of tourists, mainly because of COVID-19. So um, most of the hotels were used as quarantining facilities for persons coming in. And those tended to be locals repatriating or coming back. We had one or two persons in for work, but not a lot of persons on holidays. Um, for us, yachting, the yachties came down because they thought St. Vincent and the Grenadines was a great place to, to vegetate while the COVID was happening. But um, the, the in, regular tourism wasn't at its peak then at all. Okay, so that of course helped, I, I guess, in a way, because you didn't have the additional responsibility to 
visitors and were able to concentrate on um, getting everything in order. I, and I know it's probably too early to talk, but maybe just to mention, of course, tourism is, I would assume, a major pillar of your economy. And um, with what's everything is going on, are there any timelines when you think the island uh, would reopen for tourism? And uh, how would this look like? It's, it seems like it's a double whammy because we, we were just trying to control and manage the COVID situation. So now we have the volcanic situation and unfortunately both of them seem to have no timelines. So with the volcano, we, we're waiting to find out if, it, if it's the final eruption or if, so basically we're in just survival mode right now, getting people water, getting people food, getting them into a comfortable place. Um, we don't know if persons will be there for two weeks or two months or a year based on, it will probably be based on the activity of the volcano. The first eruption had a lot of ash, made it very uncomfortable for persons to, and persons would definitely not come and visit the island if that was the situation. But subsequently, the, the eruptions had not have so much ash. In, in the southern tip of St. Vincent and the Grenadine Islands, unfortunately, Barbados received that ash. Um, but <laughs> they were not happy with us. <laughs> no, they're not. And so so it, it, it is, it's, it's, as I've been telling, we're in the survival mode now. We're just trying to get people in a comfortable place, well-fed, water to drink, um, dealing with animals that have been left in the red zone and orange zone. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's a crazy situation. It's really, really sad, actually. And, um, but I don't think we're thinking long-term right now. Obviously, we'd have to them and everybody will have to, but at this present time, it's just... It's basically for us. We just basic. Yeah, yeah. Get it this this time. What's the percentage of people that evacuated to other islands, to other countries? It's 20,000 people. There's 20,000 people that was displaced, that had to leave their homes to go to either the southern tip of the island, the other islands. We've not had very many... repatriate somewhere else or, or, or go somewhere else. Most of the persons that left the country would have been persons who were from other countries working in St. Vincent. Like we had um, medical students leave because they're, they're American or Canadian and they're trying to get back home. So they were able to get out on a cruise ship. We've right. had, um, so that's what's been happening. Persons who are here, but they're not, are from, they're not, not living here, um, full time, they were able to get back to the trying to get back to their home countries, but not a lot of Vincentians who have gone somewhere else yet. I think they're working on that as well, but nothing confirmed yet. How how do you coordinate the effort for this uh, for the volcano with the effort to keep COVID nineteen out of your <laughs> island? How would I? Um, is there um, uh, how do you coordinate? Um, the effort of um, getting a handle also uh, with the COVID situation, are vaccines going on, are they continuing, or I don't know really what your effort were before. There is a group called NEMA, and they are the ones who have been doing a lot of the coordination for the island, they are the official NGO. Um, 
we do have vaccinations that are going on um, continuous up to this point. Um, and uh, like I said, the numbers were reducing. I, Kim, do you have a latest count on the numbers active here? Not a, no, I, honestly, I don't. Um, I think it's something like 38, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, but I know it's, it's been reducing, but yeah. obviously with persons congregated in shelters and churches and schools, and it, it's a big worry for us that it will spread. It's a real risk. Yeah. In terms of the vaccination, we, did ha we have a lot of vaccination hesitancy here in St. Vincent because life was for the locals, for tourism, for stakeholders in tourism, things were pretty bad in terms of not having tourists, but the quality of life, we had no shutdowns, no um, curfews. We just had to stay in our homes and be reasonable. So there weren't uh, much, you know, it wasn't that like a police. So people weren't as uncomfortable as they, as other persons have been around the world. So, but with the um, volcanic eruption, eruption the government is asking persons to please be vaccinated before they go into a shelter that's becoming a little controversial as some persons don't want the vaccine but with the eruption there's been a significant rise in the number of persons taking the vaccination and if, if you look at this sorry i was just going to say and for them to go to any other island it is becoming it's not so yet but it's becoming a necessity that persons be vaccinated as well Right. So, you know, the need is, is, is causing the, the uptake. Yeah, and if you look at, if you look at looking at the numbers here from Worldometer, what has a, a quite a good statistic, uh, St. Vincent's and Grenadines is number 107 in the world when it comes to COVID severity, what is, you know, quite good compared to where we are in the United States. For instance, we <laughs> in the US, we have 98,000 per 1 million um, infections, and if you do the same math for St. Vincent, it's 16,000, so you, you, you're a lot better in relations. I think St. Vincent and Grenadine said 1,819 cases so far. You had 10 people that passed away. And there, um, in, in the country, there are 123 active cases. Two of them are serious, and yet, um, so altogether, the situation. <clears throat> I think seems to be under control compared to many, many other countries and, and hopefully that will stay. But um, I, I wanted to see if anyone else has any questions because this is uh, really a very serious situation and I'm, I'm glad we have this discussion. So if there are any questions, feel free to raise your hand and we can um, give you the microphone. We have some known faces and people in here. We talked to Alexandra earlier she is joining us from Montenegro and is in charge of our Balkan chapter. I see Professor Snow White, Professor Snezana. She's uh, with our educational heads of our, our educational committee. She's from Serbia. So, and any of you, I know we have Kevin and Sue McCarthy. They're running a very well-known radio show, I think, out of Missouri. So, any of you guys, any any questions, anything you? Um, you're you're interested to know. There's Alexander raising her hand. Go yes. Ahead. Okay, uh, Tessa, I would like to know as you already 
as you've been actually experience, experiencing um, uh, eruptions before, uh, does your government, uh, do they have uh, like the crisis communication plan which they are, uh, they've been using now? How do they communicate with people? What, what, the, what tools they use? Press is mostly the radio um, and social media. People listen to the radio a lot. And so the prime minister is always on there giving um, himself as well as the, um, the lead of the team for the volcano, the seismologists. So they're always on the radio uh, two, three times a day giving updates and expressing warnings and things like that. Then there's the newspaper as well. Okay. And the prime minister seems to be, I've, I've listened to him a few times, uh, seems to be very much involved in all the activities. It seems to be a great guy. You know, I remember when, when, when this first happened, he said, I love these Caribbean because we're all coming together. Is this kind of the feeling you, you guys have in St. Vincent that people are coming together and work together to get out of the situation? Yes, I think when, um... You know, in times of crises, we all come together. We have to face it together in order to get through it. Um, and so I think this is exactly what's happening right now. You know, everyone's going out. And there are the organizations um, that have, that collect stuff and, and uh, distributing, but families' homes, like Kim's home or myself, I will go to a shelter and bring a part of food, clothing, different types of things. And you, you want to add to that, Kim? Definitely. Um, it's, it's, it's really amazing because the Hotel and Tourism Association, we've been receiving calls and, and assistance from all the hotel associations with, around us and within the region. They've been sending water. They've been, they've been doing fundraisers. So it, 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 it's really great to have the support from everybody and they, they've not stopped calling. So to make sure everybody is okay. And persons who stayed at my hotel- Okay, bye, yeah. 20 years ago, they, they're calling as well. So we are getting a lot of support. We really are, especially from the region. Yeah. yeah thank you. And I had uh, Professor Snesana in Serbia raising her hand. Go ahead. Yes. Uh... It's really uh, terrible, uh, the volcano and the, what is going on. Uh, did I hear that uh, the last big uh, eruption was in 1979? Yes, it was. Was it April month of April? It was exactly the, se the second Friday of the month in April in 79. It was Easter Friday. Was it was Good Friday. I ask you that because uh, at that time in Yugoslavia, I, uh, Alexandra remind, from Montenegro remind me about it. Uh, uh, in uh, Yugoslavia the, that time in Montenegro, there was a tremendous earthquake. At the same time, we do a lot of casualties. Many parts of Montenegro Negro, many houses were destroyed, and it was the really the very same time. So the earth was trembling at that time, and the, everything is connected. So uh, this eruption is uh, 
as you said, and I've, uh, I've seen that on our television and in our newspaper, uh, it was really very big eruption. And uh, I'm interesting, uh, what is going on after that? I mean, because there are a lot of ashes, as you said, and uh, uh, greenery is uh, completely devastated. Uh, it is going to be a very big job for you to to do that. How are you going to solve all these problems about the environment and about people living there? Because it is really, really very big uh, disaster for you. Um, Kim, <laughs> there's going to have to be a, a plan of action based on their assessment where they have to go in, finally they have to get access to a lot of the places. I mean, the main road will be cleared, but a lot of the houses are up on the hillside. Um, and like I said, a lot of them have been destroyed. So what can be kept, what can be redone, how much reconstruction has to be redone. And then the agriculture side has to be taken on in a different leg altogether because they have to start from scratch. The only good thing about that is that they say after the volcano, the, the ash in the earth afterwards is really very good for agriculture. So at least we have something to look forward to. But it's going to be long, arduous, difficult recovery. So it really means that we need to put uh, our hands together to help you. Uh, to be very nice. Messages through the networks because uh, uh, this uh, now you are just uh, uh, living one day by another day, uh, expecting if it is going to be another eruption. But the real solving the problems are going to be in month, two months, three months, four months. So we have to to work together, really. Yeah, and, and that's definitely. I think it's a very good point, and I think um, we will hopefully um, many of our members have have resources we can tap in and. Um, and discuss, you know, when the time comes. There are, uh, there is Beverly Sinclair, and I think Beverly is from Jamaica with the media. She had a comment in regards to vaccination and evacuation. You want to say this, uh, Beverly? Maybe you can explain it better than what you put on chat. Hello, everyone. Good evening. Yes, certainly. When the hurricane was about to, the hurricane, sorry, when the volcano was about to erupt and evacuation started and people were actually running from the red zone, the minister, one of the ministers in St. Vincent is actually on record as telling these people that to get into a shelter, they would have to be vaccinated. And there were several other statements coming from officials in St. Vincent, certainly the CMO and the Prime Minister, who said that this was a requirement from countries and even from the cruise ships that had come to assist with evacuation. But later, later on, you know, the officials stepped back from that because the countries, Grenada, St. Vincent, St. Lucia, they said they have protocols in place, the people could come, they would be put in quarantine areas, and the usual testing 
distancing protocols would apply until test results came back. And according to the test results, people would be free to go and stay with family and friends or to stay in the shelters accordingly. So there was no requirement from receiving countries for vaccination. And I think that should be made very clear. Yes, that is true. I understand that. It was a government, they had initially, they had initially stated that persons would have to be vaccinated or agree to be vaccinated because when they, the call did come for um, evacuation, it was in the night and obviously persons were in the shelters anyway. But the scare, the real scare is that we will have hundreds of people in close proximity together. And if, an, if it breaks out, God forbid, we will not be able to manage it. So they did, did say that initially, but they have since organized other shelters. So shelters for persons who did not want to be vaccinated. So they were in special areas. So, so they, had, they had different shelters for different persons, obviously. Yes, so it is true. It was changed. And I think Diane from Jamaica had a comment or a question. Diane, you, you wanted to say what you put on your chat? Well, first of all, I just wanted to congratulate Kim and Tessa. I get emotional very easily because I love you people there so much. I did so much work there. And I wanted to find out how is your PM coping as we know how compassionate he is and what has he communicated? We'd love to keep the updates going, you know, so that we can be involved. But I do have the pleasure of being in touch with community tourism persons that I had trained, but one in particular, and I will give you his number because he's somebody who is really fantastic and, and taking a leadership role. So I think it's good to connect, okay? Thank you. Thanks. PM is doing good, crying every now and then, but he's doing well. He's <laughs> always on the TV telling us what's going on. Mm. Okay. So that, that's wonderful. I, I wanted to recognize uh, Dr. Peter Tarlow, who just joined us. Um, and he's probably running late because Peter is involved in so many different issues, including the Caribbean. And, and Peter, for those that don't know him, I can only imagine that no one doesn't know him. He's from College Station, Texas. He's our co-host and uh, co-founder of the World Tourism Network. And Peter, so far we had a fascinating and very important discussion about St. Vincent, their current situation. And we touched on uh, how the world of tourism can help them uh, to get out of this situation. Good morning, Peter. You have to unmute yourself, otherwise we never know what you're saying. Sorry about that. Uh, the uh, can you hear me now? I'm sorry. Yes, go ahead. Uh, yes. yes um, first of all, um, I know the Caribbean very well. I've done a lot of work with uh, St. Vincent's neighboring islands of uh, St. Lucia, and so I think about you guys consistently. Uh, the Caribbean really should be the world center for tourism. It's had a rough period. Uh, some of you may know my colleague Andrew Spencer in uh, Jamaica, who just published a new book on tourism security and safety for the Caribbean. And uh, that book is uh, aimed specifically to the problems 
in the issues that the Caribbean has. Uh, I certainly, I know that all of St. Vincent is, everyone there is in our prayers. I apologize for being late. I was working with three other countries at the same time and it was a nonstop, it's been a nonstop day. So um, I've thought of you. I'm, I'm praying that things get back to normal St. Vincent. It's gonna be a long, rough road. And of course, I'm sure that I speak for everyone in the world of tourism, whatever we can do to help, we're here for you. So, Thanks, Peter. Thank you. Oh, are there, we're, <clears throat> we're already <clears throat> a little bit beyond the time. And, um, but this is an important discussion. So if there are any more questions, please raise your hand uh, now so we can give you the microphone. And if there aren't, um, I think um, I wanted to thank both Kim and Tessa for being here today. I know with everything going on, you must be extremely busy. There is Cybert. Um, wanted to say something. Please let us know where you're coming, uh, where you're calling from and, and who you are also. Yes, uh, uh, good, 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 good afternoon, everyone. Uh, my name is Cyrus Siebert uh, from Haiti. And then uh, I, my question is about the leg for the GoPhone. I would like to know if I, if I can promote it because uh, I think that uh, we and the Haitian community and the diaspora, and we we need to to bring our support to 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 Saint Vincent. And then I, I would like to know if that co-fund link, if I can promote it uh, in the Haitian community. Certainly, um, you. I can put my um, information on the chat, and you can get in touch with me by all means. Would would love it. Yeah, and if, if anyone wants to get in touch with anyone and uh, you don't see the information on now, just uh, go to WTN.travel World Tourism Network and click on contact and we'd be happy to forward this also and also leave whatever information we receive from you before we archive this event on, on the website. So we'd be happy to um, do this. Also, I wanted to invite um, both Tessa and Kim and her organization to join us. Don't worry about the membership fees. We're not trying to get your money, but maybe you should become part of our community so we can stay in touch and repeat this. Uh, but uh, feel free, and anyone who hasn't joined WTN.travel and World Tourism Network to do that. Um, I, I don't see any more hands, Maybe, but- Can I just say something also about WTN? Uh, we recently gave an award to the uh, head of the tourism police from Mexico City. And Mexico is now really recognizing WTN as a major organization. A matter of fact, I'm setting up a meeting with the mayor of Mexico City, which is, as you know, not a small place with 22 million population. And one of the things is how we can incorporate WTN to help Mexican tourism. And what we're doing with Mexico, we really need to be doing with the Caribbean because it's a way of bringing people together a way of bringing resources together and really providing positive publicity for each of the Caribbean uh, nations. So please take what Jurgen said, my colleague, really seriously, because what is being offered is especially, and we're not looking for money, we're looking to do good for the world. 
And that's really what tourism is all about. So please take him seriously because this is, I've seen this now in a number of places. I'm talking to people in Ecuador. I'm Spanish speaking. So obviously I speak to a lot of people in Latin America. Um, so many places that are hurting in one way or the other. We're just getting over COVID. We're dealing with you know climate problems and earth problems around the world. And uh, we need to really hold each other's hands. And that's, what, that's why it's a network. It's a network of love of which people are there to help each other. And I, I'm sorry I couldn't be with you from the beginning, but I know a, Jürgen did a great job. What's really important though is our knowing that we care. And we do yeah, no, and of course, and it's, it's Pete, and Peter and, and the travel and tourism community is a large global family and tourism is, is about coming together and uh, is communicating. We're of course connected to politics, but we're also away from politics. Um, because without communication or with communication, we probably wouldn't have wars. Um, so it's an important industry of understanding. And uh, when uh, one destination, one member of our family is in trouble, I think the rest should stand up. And um, unfortunately, now the entire world is in trouble with COVID. So that makes it quite a bit of a challenge. But this is a special situation, what's going on in, in St. Vincent. And I, I think that the world is, is here to assist where we can. And um, I like some of the comments uh, we had. And um, so if there are no more, I don't see any more hands. Um, well, Kevin, physically, Kevin, next time, just click on the button. There is a button on your computer what, uh, where you can raise a virtual hand, but I see you're physically raised your hand. So I caught this right on time. So we let Kevin, um, I think is joining us from Missouri and he's with the radio station in Missouri, correct? Actually, we're on 30 some radio stations, including across the United States. And now next month we'll be on a station in Costa de Sol, Spain. But uh, yes, we are headquartered in, in Missouri. Thank you for your service, first off. Uh, it's very informative. Curious to know after the 1979 volcano, how long did it take to recover? And what do you do with all the ash? You can't just vacuum it up, I wouldn't think. Well, the 1979 eruption, I was a little small then, but um, it didn't take, it took us a while to recover with agriculture because a lot, a lot of it was lost. And a few persons opted not to go back to that area. So it, but it took maybe a couple of years for us to recover. I'm thinking this one may be the same. The ash, we're just praying for a lot of rain, that it at least, it, you should see sh people shoveling, shoveling foot high ash off their roofs. Roofs are caving in because of the amount of ash in some areas. So it's pretty sad, but um, we're hoping to get a project with ash. They're using it as a building material. They're using it to make, um, there are some companies that are coming in that are offering options of the way we can use the ash for recycling materials and, and building. So hopefully we can use it. And as Tessa would have said earlier, it's a great um, for agriculture. It's good. It's like a good manure. It's a good nutrient for the soil. So 
hopefully if when we do get back in agriculture but it's it, it's going to be a big decision because it was 40 years since the last eruption so persons got, are going to have to make that decision if they want to rebuild in that area again and possibly have themselves or their children go through this experience again so it's 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 a whole shake up it's going to be a whole different dynamic after it will take a few years and i personally dug scraped the the ash off my roof and it was the heaviest thing out it makes it's almost like cement you put some water and i used it to prove the point and it it was as hard as as cement and we used it to build a platform so that is where the entrepreneurship will come in and the companies coming in or even the persons here can try to use it to make something of or make some use of it well that, lots to do and uh, thank you so much again, Kim and Tessa, for joining us today. And hopefully we can have you back real soon. Uh, just wanted to announce we're going to be at the World Travel and Tourism Council Summit that is physically taking place in Cancun on Monday and Tuesday of next week. Um, I'll be there. And we're going to have live stream reports from that event and hopefully a lot of interviews and I want to make sure uh, St. Vincent is going to be on everyone's mind. Um, so this is when the world comes together and the big industry is coming together to see what the next step is in the COVID-19 global pandemic situation and tourism. And of course, there are too many things going on back and forth um, on this subject to cover in this event. I also wanted to congratulate uh, Alexandra Gardasevich, she is one of us uh, from the very beginning. She runs our Balkan chapter. And uh, she was uh, promoted um, in Montenegro and is now, I would say, one of the real movers and shakers in the Montenegro tourism industry. Tell us real quick, Alexandra, what happened. But you have to unmute yourself. You cannot keep it off by yourself. You're right. Now you can hear me. <laughs> Well, as, as I've told you, uh, I've been promoted by the government of, of uh, Montenegro as the director general of the Directorate for Tourism Development Strategies, Strategies in Tourism. So we are, as you know, we are experience, experiencing very difficult period now. First of all, we had COVID situation as all of you, and then we had a government change uh, uh, like seven, eight months ago. After 30 years, the government has been changed. So the, there were a lot, there are still a lot of things and a lot of confusions going on in the country. And uh, here I am in the field of tourism, hoping that, uh, and I, I will try uh, my best to, to make a change. So. So I'll, I'll report um, about our, on our activities and I'm sure that we will uh, make uh, some kind of strong cooperation with WTN. And I would also like to, to thank you guys officially because you really supported me on this way, uh, on, on this way and the path of my career. So thank oh. you, Jurgen, Peter, everybody. He became um, the WTN representative for the Balkans, and all of a sudden, good things started to happen to her. So, yeah. um, I don't know, <laughs> I, I, WTN. so if you want your tourism to turn around, 
become part of WTN. Look what happened True. to Alexandra. Twenty-three, and before you know it, the next thing she'll be is Prime Minister of Montenegro. Wow. Okay, we'll see about it. Thank you, Peter. Thank you so much for your support all the time. Well, if anyone, if anyone can do it, it's Alexandra. And, and, and in your region, and actually Alexandra brought Professor, Professor Snesna into our group, and she's running our educational um, interest group. And she started another interest group, uh, what I think would be very important, of course, is very important for Montenegro. It's a Balkan uh, interest group of um, uh, experts uh, coming <laughs> together and discussing your region. So that's something I think we can all work together and um, hopefully we hear more from this because our organization oh, really sure. lives and, and strives on our interest groups and we have a lot of them. Uh, you can just go to WTN.travel, click on interest group and I'm sure you find the subject you wanted to be part of or if you wanted to start your own interest group, maybe in regard, we can, uh, Thought about, about doing something about national disasters and how to handle it. Uh, we do have a safety security. Uh, just join it and we can then target our discussions also with this. But um, again, uh, thank you very much, Kim, and thank you very much, Tessa, for joining us from St. Vincent and all the input we received today. Uh, we will share any type of comments or any type of activities that are relevant to St. Vincent. Um, so hopefully we can do our small part in communicating this with the people to be, and again, um, inviting Kim and Tessa and her organizations uh, to join us, the World Tourism Network. And uh, you will see this uh, uh, live event repeating in the next 24 hours. Give us about two, three hours to set it up. And then it's going to be on livestream.travel and of course also on World Tourism Network um, for the future times and uh, we're going to also have a transcript of everything we say on Etobo News in an article. So if you uh, want to read through it, it's going to be in podcasts if you want to listen to it. So this is just the start of a hopefully ongoing discussion. Thank you very much. I can only say aloha from my island and part of the world. Uh, and uh, we see you all very soon. And please, all of you, stay safe, get vaccinated, and uh, keep your distance for right now. Um, it's all going to change, hopefully soon, that this world becomes away from becomes them. back together. And the very last word I want to give to Peter, so he doesn't feel like he's left out. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I never feel left out. Again, um, I think all of us are really um, big fans of the Caribbean. It is one of the true centers of tourism around the world. And um, many people connect with the Caribbean only with uh, sun and sand, but that's not true. Each island, each country in the Caribbean has a culture, a language, a history that makes it unique. And if you haven't been to that part of the world, you're really missing one of the great pleasures uh, of the Caribbean. I've had the pleasure of working with countries across the Caribbean, from St. Vincent's to, uh, not from St. From St. Lucia to Jamaica, from uh, Curacao to uh, Bermuda. and uh, Every place that one goes to the Caribbean is special and wonderful. St. Vincent, we are all praying for you. Uh, this has been a, Jürgen is right when he said the planet has gone through a very hard time. I guess the one good news is that we're discovering that there are real extraterrestrial uh, uh, planes out there that have now been confirmed by the US military. 
So who knows? Maybe we'll get some Martians to come and help us out. But right now, I think we all need to show that we are one people. We all have one common ancestor. And uh, there's a famous saying, why did God make only one person to start off with? And that's so no one could say that my relative was here before yours. We're all part of one family, the human family. We all have to work together. Um, right now, St. Vincent needs our help, but tomorrow somebody else will need our help. So we're they're there to help, to care, and to love. And we wish you all the most success in recovery. And may the plants that grow spring forth to a whole new world of goodness and love and caring on your island. I don't know, Thank guys. You. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Beaches is all about families, and keeping your family safe is our number one priority. That's why we created our Platinum Protocol of Cleanliness, setting a new standard of excellence in health and safety protocols to give you a worry-free destination wedding of a lifetime. Beaches was built on connection. Connecting with family and friends, celebrating old times, and creating new beginnings. And we know the love you have for your family and having them there for the most special time of your life is what's most important. At Beaches, you can still have that happily ever after with a fully customized destination wedding surrounded by the people who mean the most to you. You can feel safe saying, I do, in a lush tropical garden. Or walking down a white sand aisle with a calm blue sea as your backdrop. Our wedding venues are found in wide open spaces, nature made for celebrating your love. And while we've always led the industry in health and safety protocols, our resorts are even safer now than ever, giving you a wedding free of worries, surrounded by love. That's why we've reduced the capacity of our venues and put more physical distance between guests Instead of tables for eight at your reception, we'll seat only six guests per table. We've eliminated buffets and specialty food stations, so all food will be plated and served by Beach's staff wearing masks. We're even offering live stream service of your wedding ceremony, so your friends and family who can't travel right now can still share in your special day. Once the vows have been exchanged, the honeymoon of a lifetime begins. And we're taking every measure necessary to ensure your health and safety during your stay at Beaches. As part of the Sandals Resort's family, we've followed in their footsteps in setting a new standard of excellence with our Platinum Protocol of Cleanliness. Together with the extensive research from local ministries and health officials, the Center for Disease Control and the World Health Organization, Beaches has instituted advanced hygiene practices across 18 key touchpoints. A triple check system that includes inspecting, cleaning, and sanitizing hard surfaces and common areas every 20 minutes. Adding auto-dispensing hand sanitizing stations throughout the resort. To ensure the utmost safety, Beaches will be using hospital-grade disinfectants, 
electrostatic sprayers for advanced cleaning, UV lighting equipment to inspect cleanliness, and air duct sanitization for each room before every guest's arrival. We've gone so far as to steam clean and sanitize carpeting and flooring prior to arrivals and placing personal hand sanitizers in every guest room. For added safety, all staff members are required to wear protective face gear at all times. And from now on, guests can check in online at home so they can bypass the front desk and go directly to their rooms. Stricter physical distancing protocols have also been put in place in every part of the resort. Chlorine and pH levels at all our pools and water parks are monitored every two hours. And we've taken added measures to protect the health and safety of your family. Our kids' camps facilities are sanitized before and after each use. And all of our professional nannies carry pocket-sized bottles of hand sanitizer. Our tween and teen hangouts, including the Xbox Play Lounge and Trench Town, are sanitized before and after each use with hospital-grade disinfectants. In addition, all our spa facilities and sports equipment will be sanitized before and after use to protect the health and safety of our guests and their families. Both Sandals and Beaches are committed to providing strict compliance and implementation of these safety protocols. So much so that we've created a dedicated quality inspection team at each resort to make sure all safety measures are adhered to. We can't wait to help you make your dreams come true with a destination wedding at Beaches. And while you're focused on your new life together, surrounded by those you love the most, we'll take care of everything else.